Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Hey, man. It is September 11th. I know this is a day of a lot of reflection for people. Um, really tragic events happened in our country 19 years ago today. At that time, some of us are old enough to remember, it caused people to think about spiritual things even for a time. Yeah, it did. Uh, which, you know, that is a good thing always to reflect upon life and greater values, what it's all about. And ultimately, we know that there is a God in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is a king over all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that really is what we're looking at in Psalm 2, this mighty king. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to our conversation about it today, to draw closer to the Lord and appreciate his sovereignty and his rule, the king overall. And uh, and we are encouraged to be citizens of his kingdom, no matter what's going on in the world around us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, that that was an attack on the American nation. I'm not sure exactly what their thought was, because I know the Muslims even look at America as a Christian nation. So they probably saw that as an attack against Christianity, not just against America. But what have we learned? Uh, whatever anyone does against the counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord laughs. Yeah. And, and even in a moment when it looks terrible, and mm-hmm. it did on that day, man, it was terrible. It was a terrible day. And, uh, you know, it's one thing 19 years later to talk about the Lord laughing. But as we as we said earlier this week, just kind of pulling it all full circle, even in those moments when we're seeing where it looks like a great attack has been made, whether it's like that or even just something in a personal life, God wins. Mm-hmm. God always wins. Mm-hmm. And even in the moments where we think he's losing, he's actually laughing at those who would come against him. I just felt like we needed to acknowledge the day. I'm not trying to make Ah. it all about, you know, a a national reflection or anything, but it it is good to reorient ourselves in the word of God. And why don't we read Psalm 2 and uh, and have a little talk about it. Psalm 2, English Standard Version. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him." I really appreciate one of the conversations we had earlier, one of the uh, episodes we did earlier this week, just talking about good principles of Bible study, trying to place a text in its first historical context. And so we were talking about David, and David was the king, uh, his dealings with the Gentile nations of that day. And then we then talked about there's also prophetic elements uh, in these scriptures pointing to Jesus, pointing to the Christ, and then bring it to where we are today and try to build that bridge and understand our own relationship with God better. So why don't we go to that 
I guess, that middle step for this episode. And thinking about it, applying to Jesus, or really pointing to Jesus, because when we come to the New Testament, the book of Acts, and we had some great talks about Acts, the book of Acts. Book of Acts. That sounds so familiar. Just, you know, just this kind of 28 weeks of our life <laughs> project, um, which was really edifying, really positive. Um, but hey, going back to some of those early episodes in season one, we were looking at Acts chapter four, and we were reading Psalm two in the mouth of the apostles. Episodes 16 through 20. Okay, so we can we can actually go back there and listen to those again. Absolutely. And they said, here's the psalm, and they prayed the psalm. That's what they, the apostles were saying. They prayed the psalm because they saw in what they were facing and what Jesus had faced, oh, this is what that psalm was talking about. So were the apostles were the apostles doing that step like we talk about what where does this apply to my life? Or or is it this is this this is one of those this is that moments of scripture where the apostle said, here's prophecy fulfilled. Well, I, you know, I think part of the problem with us on that one is that when we think prophecy, we typically think Nostradamusly. <laughs> is that a word? Can I use that word? We, I think I'm tracking with you. Well, we, we think, oh, there was some prophet who at some point wrote something down or said something, and it's about some straight line looking to the future. Here's an event that he was talking about. Okay. And so what we do is we look at Psalm 2, and we see the apostles applying it, and we say, oh, this is what it was really talking mm-hmm. about. When actually, I think, and I think we worded it this way the other day, I think what they're saying is, if this was true for David— how much more is it true for Jesus, okay. who is the ultimate king? I mean, if David was king, how much more is Jesus king? If this is the way it happened for David, how much more will it happen for Jesus in this way? And here's the other thing that it's highlighting. I think it also works backwards in the sense that, well, if he was really the Lord's anointed, would these kinds of things have happened to him? Uh. Would there have been plots from Gentile kings to try to overthrow him and break their bonds apart? Well, yeah, this is the way people have always dealt with the Lord's anointed. It started all the way back with David. Why would we be surprised when it happens this way with Jesus? So I think it's looking both directions. Okay. So, um, well, I, hey, let me say, yeah, say this, ahead. just in case people haven't hit pause to go back and listen to those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let me set this up a little bit. In Acts chapter four, what we've got is that Peter and John have been arrested by the Sanhedrin council uh, for preaching Christ crucified and resurrected. And the Sanhedrin Council doesn't like this. They say you're trying to bring this man's blood on our hands, uh, on our heads, and warns them, threatens them. Right. So in Acts chapter four, verse twenty-one. So when they, that's the Sanhedrin Council, had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified. God for what had been done. And that was in reference to a miracle and and healing a lame man. Verse 22, for the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Verse 23 of Acts 4, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the nations rage? The people plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, against his anointed. 
For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before uh, to be done. And so what we've been thinking particularly, I think, um, in our discussions of Psalm 2, and I can read more if you want, but particularly our dis- discussions of Psalm 2, we've been talking about David and talking about some of these Gentile kings like Hadadazar. Um, but here, the apostles quote this, and they're highlighting this cooperation, not just the nations, but the people and these kings, right? A King Herod um, of the of you know figurehead of Israel, or at least Jews, and then Pontius Pilate, figurehead of the Gentiles. And there's this. Well, I was going to say conspiration. That's not a word. But they're all conspiring together. If I can say Nostradamusly, the... you can say conspiration. That's why people love this program. We expand vocabularies. The vocabularity of all of it. <laughs> Uh, But, you know, lest I digress, um, we see the apostles drawing this psalm to mind and saying, look right here in these activities, what they did to the Christ, and now what they're doing to us, his followers, um, is playing out. Well, sometime back in our discussion of Acts, I believe I remember us maybe on multiple readings and multiple discussions pointing out that, look, when you walk in the footsteps of Jesus, you're going to get what Jesus got. That's an important message. So here's the psalm that, yes, originally was about David mm-hmm. and whoever God had set up as his anointed king. Ultimately, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that, what all of the kingship was pointing towards. So it's n- no big shock that wow, if it happened like this for David, it's going to happen like this for Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then the next application of this is if it happened like this for Jesus, it's going to happen like this for those who are following Jesus. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is in this prayer, after all of this is given, um, I guess, clothing of the people and the events at that time, uh, naming Herod, naming Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, the Jews, that's what I'm getting at. Their prayer in verse 29, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They need the boldness. They need the boldness of the king who looks on this and laughs at the attempts. They need the boldness of the king who's got the rod to smash the wicked into the pieces like the potters, uh, you know, like the, the bits of the pottery. So would you say that what the apostles are doing in this prayer is taking refuge in the Lord? I think they are. That they are trusting in the Lord. Yes. You you know, what they're not doing is saying, here's this military might coming against us. We're going to rely on our military might. They're also not saying, uh, we will listen to the counsel of the wicked or the counsel of the kings. Because this counsel of wicked and kings has been told them, stop preaching Christ. Mm -hmm. And so they're taking refuge in him. They're saying, Lord, we know what your will is. We're going to trust you. We're going to trust you to deal with this. We're going to trust you to judge this. And we're going to ask you for boldness and confidence. They are, not only are they praying this psalm, but that very last statement, they are living Mm. this psalm. They are taking refuge in the Lord. I, I, I look at this 
kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. That idea of kissing the sun is not, well, first of all, it's not what Judas did. Oh, that was the kiss, that. though. It was a kiss, kiss but it's not that. Betrayal. And it's not just a kiss of greeting. It's it's not a romantic kiss. It's not a kiss of greeting. This is a kiss of allegiance. Picture like kiss the ring. Yes. Ah. Yes. Picture all those movies and television shows you've seen of ancient times with kings and emperors or or some science fiction fantasy world where you have the king and he's got or his when ring. they install a pope. Or when they do that. that and what do you have to do? Yeah. Today. Yeah. You have to kiss the ring. You're mm-hmm. kissing. You are giving you your allegiance. What are the apostles saying? We've given allegiance to your son. He is our king. We know this is the way it's going to work. We're putting our trust in you. We are. You are our refuge. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get the blessing of the Lord. And, of course, in that moment, what happens? In that moment, in Acts 4... The, the, the house they're in shakes. They are filled with the spirit of the Lord. God grants them that blessing. I mean, it's this psalm happening not only in their prayer, but in their lives and in fulfillment. Amen to that. I'll tell you what, it's uh, been great looking at this and uh, appreciating the, the apostles. The apostles uh, look at this psalm and see the fulfillment, see themselves in it. But they take that step to pray for boldness. And I have to tell you, that does me such good because even as we've been talking about this psalm all week and uh, and talking about, boy, we want to be with the king and the king wins, it really hadn't occurred to me. So then pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Why don't you do that right now? <laughs> I certainly will. Uh, we're so glad that you tune in. We'd love to know what uh, you're reading in the scripture. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. And now as we pray, our great God and Father, Lord, give us boldness. We appreciate as being Christians that we are uh, sons and daughters of the King. And Lord, you are in authority and above all. We want to bring glory to your name. We want to walk in your ways. Father, truly, we want to root out and push out uh, the, the pride and the arrogance that wants to swell up and try to rob you of your kingship and place us on the throne of our lives. God, may it never be so. But as humble servants, let us walk in your way. God, give us the boldness to understand that there is still conspiring going on of wicked forces and evilness. But your light and your truth, Father, that is what will stand. And we pray, Father, that we would be the voices crying that out and lifting up your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.